0: We are here in week three of our series, We Are Family. It's our final week. This has been a three part message series. And so I'm glad you picked the right week to come be a part of. This last week or two, it's just sort of been on my mind. I've been a part of this church family for 15 years now. And um, you might be thinking, how, how old were you when you started that journey? That's 15 years a part of the staff, and uh, we're in our 23rd year as a uh, as a church. And this, this series on We Are Family has just been an invitation to kind of connect and reconnect to who we are and to what it looks like to be a part of what God is doing here and now. And there's this wonderful word in the church called discipleship, that we are disciples of Jesus. That means that we're a follower of Jesus. We're allowing Jesus to have influence in shaping our lives and kind of showing us the way of Christ and the way of his kingdom. So we're actually learning how to follow, which requires humility. We're learning what it looks like to let Jesus be Lord over everything. This incredible picture of baptism is that Jesus is King and Lord, and so we live underneath the authority of Jesus, which works great for us who love to be in control. No transformative work needed at all. Like we're just dialed in. No. That's not... Everyone's like... Am I, is it okay to laugh in church? Was that, it's trying to help us, it's like, we're going to be comfortable today, but we also recognize God's at work. That's the thing that we're seeing is that we're going to keep reading in John 17, but there's this part that we're going to get to today that's really powerful where it says that they obeyed Jesus. So there's this journey of obedience in discipleship. It actually means that we're learning to experience transformation of our minds and our hearts and our souls and our lives and the way we live our life so that we would obey Jesus, that we would live like Jesus here and now on the earth. And as we prayed, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, not holy is my name, holy is your name, let your kingdom come and let your will be done here on earth in me, through me, around me. This is what discipleship is all about. So every week when we receive communion and we pray the Lord's Prayer, we are practicing the discipleship journey. We're trying to let that truth take more hold of our lives. And so the way we're describing discipleship here at the Vineyard is that we want to connect to community. We're a part of a family. We're a part of a of a. a a community that's global, it's multi-generational, it's multi-ethnic, it's beautiful, and we find our identity in Jesus. And this community that Jesus is building is one that is absolutely about unity and love. And if that's going to happen, it's not going to be by our own strength or power, but it's going to be because we connect to Jesus, and we begin to let Jesus be the thing and the person that's unifying us. And we begin to discover faith in Jesus, and we live that faith out, and we walk, and we grow, and we're experiencing transformation, which is a journey of maturity, which we've all figured out. So that makes it easy on me, makes it easy on our team. And it's connect to community, connect to Jesus, and today we're going to talk about connecting to God's mission. And that where these three all come together, we connect to community. We do not walk alone. We have personal faith, but it's not private. We have personal faith, but it's not individualistic. It is about a community. It is about a collective. It's about a family that is global. And so we have to learn to walk together. And as we walk together, we point each other to Jesus. We begin to realize that Jesus is the way, the truth And the life, and he said of himself, No one comes to the Father except through me. So we proclaim Jesus, we demonstrate Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. And we watch the life of Jesus get expanded in the life of a church family as we share Jesus with those around us. And that's where we begin to see this invitation to connecting to God's mission, connecting to God's mission. We at the Vineyard believe that God is alive and at work today, here and now, on the earth. That we're getting glimpses and we're getting inbreakings and we're getting invitation to be a part of the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, here and now, so that where there is sickness, the church will step forward and go, we want to pray for healing. That where there is disunity, we step forward and we begin to proclaim unity and we work towards reconciliation and forgiveness and healing, that we join in the work of God here and now, the mission of God that people might live and have life, that people might experience freedom and hope. Because what we see in scriptures, real quick, I'm going to preach the entire Bible in like 30 seconds. Genesis, in the beginning, God created. Good news! In the beginning, God created a source of life, a source of hope, a source of love. In the beginning, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jump to the end of the Bible. Behold, I am making all things new. And everything in between is the church joining in, connecting to community, connecting to Jesus, and connecting to the mission of God, which is, behold, I am making all things new. It is this redemptive trajectory of God's kingdom revealed in Jesus so that we can be a part of it now. We can be people who welcome heaven here on earth. Heaven is no longer this destination we hope for one day and we just suffer through hell right now. Or however you want to describe it or whoever, however you've heard it described. We are a kingdom people who say, God, come now. This is eternal life, that we know you, the one true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. As we say yes to faith in Jesus... We begin to welcome the work of God into our own lives. And we begin to look for the work of God around us as we pray for the sick, as we deliver the oppressed, as we meet the needs of the hungry and the hurting, as we share out of the resources God's given us to be a blessing to the people around us, that we make this place look a little bit more like heaven on earth. We follow Jesus and are sent on mission. How many of you, that makes you a little uncomfortable? You don't have to raise your hand. Just think about it. Right now you're going, oh man, (sighs) you're going to make me do stuff. I don't want to do that. You're going to like start disrupting my life. I don't want you to disrupt my life. I like my life. I want a little bit of Jesus in my life, just enough to make my life good enough. But I sort of want to have like control of the rest of it. That's not how it works. I'm sorry. If you want your life, you can have it. If you want Jesus to have your life, he is ready to meet you, and then he's going to say, follow me. Which means every single one of you should be a pastor next week. No! Don't do it! Don't do it. That would be a waste. Because right now, The church joining God on mission. I am not talking only about an hour and 20 minute service on a Sunday. I am talking about every place and space we venture to. The love of God is pursuing people right where you are. And the people that you work with, that you live with, that you tolerate, all need the hope of Jesus taking residence in your life so that you can join God in the mission that he has proclaiming love and hope where you are. Don't just take my word for it. Let's jump into John 17. We're going to see the words of Jesus. We've been listening to the prayer that Jesus prays before he goes to the cross. I think this is an important thing to kind of focus on. My guess is he was kind of dialing in some of the most key thoughts before he was going to be crucified, buried, and then was going to be resurrected to show victory over death. John 17, verse 1, it'll be on the screen behind me. Father, the hour has come. with you before the world began. Remember, in the beginning, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in community, together, the source of life. Jesus points to that in this prayer that he's praying, showing us a continuity of the work of God and the redemption of God. And what I want us to see is that the way of Jesus invites us into the story Because it's not just about getting kind of our faith system figured out, locked, and then we kind of go about our business. But when we look at the life of Jesus, we see this. Life on mission is living under the authority of God and glorifying God. So as a follower of Jesus, your life is intended to be lived under the authority of God so that your life glorifies God every day of the week. Every place you go, every meeting you're in, every interaction you have, that that would be a place you welcome the authority of God and you glorify God. That's what life on mission looks like. That at any moment and at any time, you can have the authority of God take over and orchestrate your social media feed. That needs to happen more for some of us. Like I'm, I'm actually using that as a real point. The faith journey that God wants to invite us into leaves no part of our life untouched. So now every part that we go and every place that we live becomes a place to join the work of God and the mission of God that is already going out in front of you. This is not about you finding the uncharted territories of the world where God is not at work. God created it all and has been working long before we got here. Everybody take a deep breath. That just means good news for us. God is at work in the world. And he wants us to live under his authority and that our life would bring glory to him. Pay attention to what Jesus says. Jesus says, you granted me authority over all people that I might give eternal life. Now this is eternal life that we know you, the only true God. And that's not just like intellectual knowledge. That's like deep heart relationship knowledge. That's like intimately knowing God, that you would know his voice. You would know the things that he's passionate about and cares about, that you would walk with him so that you'd bring glory to God. At this day and time, I think this is essential for us as a church family to understand that we are being invited to be a part of the redemptive story of God in our cities in this time, in our families in this time for the sake of our friends in this time, for the sake of kids in this time. And it really is an issue of authority. If I want God to have authority in my life, then that means I begin to live a life about the business of God. I'm curious about what God is up to in the world. And I love it, in verse 4 it says, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. God wants to give you kingdom work in your life to do. God wants you to be kind of commissioned and sent on mission with God where you are. Because right now, I look at a room full of people that you are in rooms and with people that I will never get the chance to meet, talk to, or interact with. And so my hope, and our hope as a staff, is that we as a community are falling more in love with Jesus, experiencing the presence of God in our life, so that when we go away from this place, we're spreading out all over the city with hope and life and light. And we begin to go, God, how are you declaring your love for this person? What prayer might you have me pray for this circumstance in this situation? How could I listen and be a comfort to somebody who's in a really difficult spot right now? Because we know the heart of God is for people. So when we're under that kind of authority, we're living under the authority of a loving God who is restoring and healing and moving here and now. That's good news. But it's only good news if we're living that good news out. It's only good news if it's being demonstrated and proclaimed because otherwise people don't know that there's good news. So we need to seek to experience that heart of God. We need to seek to look for the mission of God, the way God is moving closer to people in care and comfort, in celebration and joy. And the way we get clearer that it's happening out there is we we get clearer that it's happening in here. So we practice as a community when we worship. Man, God's presence is here. We see it in the life of fifth graders God's at work. We can come receive prayer at the end of our service. And as I learn how to get prayed for, I'm learning how to pray for. We walk this journey out connecting to the authority of God, living underneath his authority. And I think one of the best ways we do is like, how do we do this practically? How do we do this practically? I think prayer is an important piece in this. Most of my prayer life lately has been like telling God what I think. That's one important part of prayer. Listening prayer, I think, is another really important part of prayer, where we go, God, what do you think? God, what would you want to say to me today? So one of the ways we join God on mission is by listening for what God has for us today and tomorrow. We begin to ask God, God, what's your heart for the place that I work? What's your heart for the people I live with? What's your heart for my kids or my roommate? So, this week, I just want you to begin to practice prayer from a posture of listening. God, how would you want to direct me this week? If you're on mission, what are my marching orders? Sound good? Practical application: pray. Another practical thing is to listen to God by reading Scripture, by reading Scripture. Spending time with God in prayer and in scripture is a great way to understand how to be about the mission of God. The founder of Vineyard USA, his name is John Wimber, says this, we don't seek God's power, we seek his presence. His power and everything else we need is always found in his presence. So the good news of going on mission with God is exactly that. We go on mission With God, which means the most important thing we can do as followers of Jesus is cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that when you wake up tomorrow, you're letting God fill you, speak to you, and then go with you so that your life is being lived out by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you. Remember, I told you this prayer in John 17 is the culmination of John 13, 14, 15, and 16. And in that, Jesus promises, I will not leave you alone, but I will give you the Holy Spirit. The advocate will come. So let's cultivate relationship with God so we can join God where God is already at work. Now here's the really good news of my message today, okay? You ready for this? Life on mission ain't easy. It's just not. I wish I had had better news to tell you. But this thing of joining God in his mission is not easy it is not primarily about your comfort it is not primarily about convenience and we are being discipled in a culture that everything we experience all the time is for your comfort and for your convenience for your pleasure for your enjoyment so that life can be as enjoyable as possible which we equate with as easy as possible My wife Lauren and I were listening to a comedian last night he was talking about how he just wishes he could call the restaurant and they would already know his to-go order because it's too hard to do everything for the restaurant. Like, I have to tell you what I want to eat? Like, just make it easier on me. Like, just deliver the food. Like, here's the code to my door. Just go ahead and let yourself in. I'll be on the couch. Bring it to me. And we chuck. but isn't that what we want? Like, I want to like live at an all-inclusive resort and just like sit by the pool. And I mean, that's just me? Oh, y'all know how to pray for me, I guess. (laughs) Listen to what Jesus prays starting in verse 6. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me, I pray for them. Hold. Why does Jesus pray for us? Why is Jesus praying for you right now? It's actually what the scriptures say. Because we need it. This is a really important theological moment. Jesus prays for us because he cares for you and he loves you and he knows we need it. Life on mission ain't easy. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. There is real work being done right now. There's a collision of kingdoms, kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the evil one. And there's a collision here. And it's throughout scripture. And the good news in all of this is that Jesus prays for our protection because he knows that it's not easy. He knows that it's not supposed to be done in our own strength or by our own will or by our own power, but it is the presence of God and it is the love of God and it is the mercy of God saying I got you because the calling of your life and the calling of God for you and the the invitation not to be out of the world but to live fully the way Jesus lived is good news it's good news God's heart is towards you. He wants you to be protected. He wants you to be safe. And he knows that the life he's inviting you to is not easy. It's not easy to obey. It's not easy to believe. It's not easy to navigate the different stuff that begins to move and come at us. It's not easy to navigate depression and anxiety. It's not easy to navigate worries and financial pressures and fears. It's not easy to navigate broken relationships. And multiply that by the population of the world. And what we need is a story of hope. And a God that does not stay distant, but that a God that comes in the flesh. And guess what, church? This is our time to be Jesus in the flesh. And Jesus lived full of the Holy Spirit, which is why we talk about that. Because life on mission ain't easy. Say that with me. Life on mission ain't easy. That's how you know we're preaching in Texas, okay? For all of you online, welcome to Texas. Life. And here's the other thing. I just want to be real clear. Life not on mission ain't easy either, okay? Like, life ain't easy. So you can be in on what God is doing or not. But I'm just telling you, like, I would invite us to be a people who are being invited into the story of God. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. One of the primary works of the evil one is to deceive. Just to deceive you, to trick you. Is that really what God said? That's not what God said. Oh, look, God doesn't love you or this wouldn't happen. The work of the evil one is to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what Jesus says in John chapter 10. So we need to be aware and be protected from the schemes of the evil one. We need to be protected from the kind of attacks of the evil one. We need to be protected from the work of the enemy, which is primarily being deceived or being distracted. If he can get us deceived, well, then we're going the wrong way. And if he can get us distracted, then we're going the wrong way. But God is saying, join me on mission. Focus with me on what I'm doing, what the kingdom of God is doing, and obey, accept, Believe and participate. John 16, 33. I have told you these things. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart because I have overcome the world. How many of you at some point in your life have experienced trouble? Just look. I mean, I'm just, no, this is super helpful. Everybody just keep your hand up. This is just in reality. Look around the room. Do not be deceived that church is the place that nobody has trouble. That's why we all come here. If you didn't have any trouble in your life, you wouldn't need God. You would be set. We all have trouble. Jesus knew that to be true. He he knew that, and he says it in John 16. Here's what mission is. Life on mission is pursuing people with God. Pursuing people with God. God's primary work in the world is rescuing and redeeming people. It's good news. Man, it's good news. He loves you. That was last week's message. He loves you. He loves you. And when we discover the love of God, what we begin to realize is, God, this is so good for my life. I've given you my whole life. I want to share this with others. And I believe your heart towards others is love. And so I'm going to join you on mission by pursuing the people around me with your love, with the reality of God and the love of God and the truth of God and the hope of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God. This is what we get to do. So let's do it. Let's be about this. Listen to what Jesus says, my prayer is not for them alone. So he's praying for all of the believers, and then he goes, and my prayer is not for them alone. My prayer is actually, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Jesus, at the very kind of outset of the whole church, understands people are going to come to faith because of the message of the church. And so he's beginning to pray for all the people he's pursuing. And he's saying, come on, church. Come on, you can do it. Come with me. I love them. Come on, I, I love them. Let's go. I love them. Let's walk together. Let's pursue them with the love of God. Jesus understands this. And he says, I pray for them who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. The closeness of the love of God, the Father, to the Son, he says, that's what I want for you. That's the mission. The mission is relationship. The mission is the proximity of God in our lives, and the proximity of the followers of Jesus to people. Proximity, that we would get closer. That we would move closer, and when we move closer, we're moving closer with the love and the heart of God. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Life on mission is proclaiming the love of God for people. And the best picture of that love is the way God the Father loves the Son. This is good news. This is our mission. In word and in deed, in patience and in listening, in generosity and in presence, we would be a community that live on mission, pursuing people with the heart of God and the love of God and the resources of God so we can come alongside somebody and go, I have no idea how to heal you. I have no idea what to pray right now, but I believe in a God who prays for you. So Jesus, come now. And if you don't have words, an arm around a shoulder and go, I do not know what to say, but I am close to you the way God is close to me. And I'm close to you because I believe God wants to be close to you. That's our mission, to pursue people. Life on mission requires humility and the Holy Spirit. Here's why. Life on mission requires humility What we have to understand is God actually is sending us, and we have to be humble enough to go, okay, I will go. We have to be humble enough to obey. We have to be humble enough to accept. We have to be humble enough to believe. The whole journey of following Jesus is about humility, and that's how Jesus is described in Philippians 2. The other thing that we see is the baptism picture is beautiful because Jesus actually entered into the waters of baptism. He was baptized, and when he came up, it says the Holy Spirit fell on him, and there was a picture of a dove, and it says full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus went on mission. So it should be no different for us. I actually probably need more Holy Spirit than what Jesus needed, for the record. And that's the glory of God. It's the presence of God filling me and allowing me to live in a way that's beyond my own resources, that's beyond my own strength, that's beyond my own power. The question is, will I be humble enough to receive God? And here's where I get hung up. That's weird. That's all it takes. All it takes for me to resist God is go, it's weird. Yes! Yes! four of us think it's weird, apparently. No, it's, it's like, this is a little bit beyond me. How many of you can explain how the Rocky Mountains came to be? But I don't resist the beauty of the Rocky Mountains. I, I do have issue with the watercolor in, like, Cancun and the watercolor closer to the Gulf Coast beaches that I do love to go to. It's like, God, couldn't you help me understand that? Same body of water... Different colors. That's weird. What I'm saying is if we sometimes resist what God's doing because it doesn't make sense to us. Humility. And the work of the Holy Spirit. We need to humble ourselves and recognize, God, I need what you have. We're going to align with the scriptures. We're going to be on mission with you. Again, John 14, Jesus says this, In verses 15 through 21, this is the summary. Love me. Love me. Keep my commands and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Love me. Keep my commands and be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is how we join God on mission. Not by our own strength, not by our own agenda, but the work of God here in the earth that we are a part of that redemptive story and you will be my witnesses John 15 Acts 1 you will be my witnesses I want to show you how this works in a picture real quick three three messages connect to community connect to Jesus and connect to God's mission I sometimes think we have one we like the most And I think because we're all made in the image of God, we can look around the world and go, oh, I've got my community. I'm good. I don't need the church. I've got community. Or we can go, you know what? I got Jesus, but I'm not getting close to the church because they're all messed up. That's why we need Jesus. Or I I got mission. I I, I, I love serving people. I love helping people. And I've got a great community, but I don't have Jesus. I actually think we don't want to separate these out. Because in Jesus, we see all three. And so I just want to invite us to consider, are we saying yes to all three? And how would that look in our lives? Because I think the invitation to maturity is found in the middle. I think the invitation to maturity is found in the middle where we don't pick one and leave one or the other, but we say yes to all three. I need people in my life and I need to be walking with other people. I need Jesus. It is absolutely the reality of my story that I have no hope outside of Jesus. And that also invites me to join the mission of Jesus for the sake of others. And this is who we want to be as a family. Here at the Vineyard Church, we want to be a family that walk together, that point one another to Jesus, and that we all participate in the mission of God. That we all would participate in the mission of God. And so let's, here's, my, here's how I want to finish. I want us to prioritize participation. I want us to prioritize participation because Jesus says his greatest commandment is that we love God and we love our neighbor as ourself. That's why we're doing equip night. You're all invited to equip night. And the great, the, the great commandment is love God and love your neighbor. The great commission is go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we've got a handout for you because we want to try to be as plainly visible as how this works. Yeah, go, go, ahead, go ahead and pass these out. We're going to finish right here because I'm inviting our entire church to be a part of this, Okay. And here's, what I, here's where I want you to start. You already can join the mission of God because in the, in the kingdom of God, everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to be a part of the story of God and the work of God. So if you live your life around other people, raise your hand. <laughs> it's, it's just, I knew the answer, all right? I knew, I knew that everybody lives, you're around people right now. So here's what I want you to tell. Where you start is where you are. Where you start is where you are. Start at home. Join the mission of God for the people you live with in your home. A roommate, family, a friend. If you live by yourself, closest neighbor. Maybe it's an extended family member or a friend. We want the mission of God flowing to us and through us to the people close to us. Do not go do wonderful things for God around the globe and neglect the people close to you. Please. God loves the people you live near. Love them. Be on mission right where you are, at home, with your neighbors. And if you have a job and you have coworkers, pursue them with the love of God right there. It's a great mission field. It's a beautiful mission field. If you're in school, your classmates. And so here's what I'm going to be real clear before I get to explaining what is being handed to you. As a local church, our purpose is not to go, we need all your energy expressed right here only at the Vineyard Church Pearland. Our primary call is to join the work of God here with the church family, but beyond. How many of you have work that serves other people, education, healthcare, uh, emergency response? You serve on a city department. God has you positioned there for the mission of God, that you would be hope and light among the people of cities and schools. The mission of God for physicians, the mission of God for teachers, if you dedicate your time at home with a child or children, that is a missional space, and God wants to resource you in significant ways with the Holy Spirit to love and serve them. So hear my heart on this. The life on mission, lived with God, is an outward flowing life from the church to people. And it is something that I think in unity we want to express together. And so what you're going to see is our best effort to go, here's what it looks like at the Vineyard Church. The handout that's in your hand is our best effort to go, here's a listing of our, our serve teams that serve our church family. And we would love for you to grow in serving others by being a part of one of those teams. But I want to be really clear. Look what's right next to it. It's called city teams. The city teams are as important, and some of you could argue maybe more important. It's all important because it's all the people God loves. But we're trying to be clear that there are people who are saying, we want to move from this place towards the cities that we're in. what would be a next step for you? What would be a place you could express your gifting and your calling and your passion for people with the heart of God and his passion for people? What does that look like for us? We just want to be clear. And I'll say it again. If you're at a point in your life where you need to come receive, that's why we have serve teams so that you can be served and you can be loved. If you're exploring faith, you can begin to serve while you're still trying to consider how you feel about Jesus. We want to walk with you, but you might need a safe place to come and be filled up and to be encouraged and to be loved on. We want to have teams that are ready to do that for you. And we want to do this for every generation. We want to do this for every generation. And so we're just gonna trust that God's gonna speak to you. I want to go back, Uh, Ashley, would you put the picture of the map up? I think I skipped over that, or you already showed it and I just missed it. This is what it looks like to be a church on mission. These blue dots are addresses of people who call the Vineyard Church home. Us being sent out has such a better reach than if all of our energy is focused on 2905 Harkey Road. This is life on mission in the kingdom. And when we come here, we get to be encouraged, we get to be filled up, we get to be blessed. And then we, we take it with us. And we connect in small groups so we can be filled up and encouraged and we take it with us. And we call a friend on a phone during the week and we talk about our faith journey so we can be filled up and take it with us. And the thing is, is we don't just have vision for 2905 Harkey Road, which is where we are. We have vision for bilingual Hispanic ministry being planted in this city and new services. We have vision for micro-churches and house churches being planted, and we're beginning to dream about that in Friendswood, Texas. We have vision for maybe not just a 10 a.m. service, but an 11 a.m. service. We have vision for Turkey and Azerbaijan. We have vision for, you know, Alvin and Manville and Lake Jackson. We have vision for Brazoria County and Galveston County, which means if we are sharing the hope of Jesus with people, this room should not and cannot contain it. So let's be a community that live on mission. And we will see the kingdom of God multiplied. And we will see the work of God multiplied. And that will be hope to our hearts. Let's stand together. There There are two major invitations today that we want to give you. And then we will pray for anything and everything you need. And here's the first. As I was praying this morning, here's what it was for my own life. I want to have more faith. I, in my life, want more faith in what God is doing. And as I watched Aniston get baptized today, I thought there might be other people in the room that you just need increased faith. Wherever you're at, you know I need more faith. We want to pray for you today. And then in this whole thing about life on mission, you might have faith for it and you believe in a God for it and you go, man, Kurt, those were good Bible verses. I believe every single one of them. I think what what we need is courage. That we wouldn't just have faith, but we would have the courage to act and the courage to move. And so if that makes sense to you today, I'm going to invite you to come get prayer. And that might be for the first time. You might be here today and you're saying, I'm asking for faith in Jesus for the first time. Let the people praying with you, let them know. And if you're here today and you have never been baptized, I want you to come see me. You have faith in Jesus, but you have never experienced that marker in your faith journey. I would love to talk to you because we would love to stand with you and celebrate and cheer for what God is doing in your life. If you've been discouraged, if you, do, if you need hope, if you need healing, come get prayer. As I pray, I'm going to invite our prayer ministry team, our small group leaders, our staff to come down and be ready to pray for you, and then we will be dismissed. And I would love for you to scan those QR codes and take advantage of the resources that we have to help you say yes to mission. So God, we bless your church. We bless the people of God that you love, that you are pursuing, and we ask that you would call us more deeply into faith in you. And I pray for every single person here who's been navigating their faith journey and their faith story. Would you increase faith in our lives? And I also pray for any of us that need courage to step out into the mission that you have for us. We know it. We know there are people around us. We know there are neighbors around us, whatever it is. I pray today that by your spirit, you would give courage to us. Give courage to us, God, that you're praying for us, that you're empowering us, that you're leading us. And most importantly, you are with us. So I bless this church that you love and the people that you love